Hello from the members of First United Methodist Church in Royce City. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you find it meaningful and relevant. You're invited to join us for worship anytime, and you can learn more about our worship options, location, and small group opportunities by visiting our website, fumcroycecity.org. Today, we hear from our pastor, Reverend Chris Everson. May God bless you as you listen to His Word proclaimed. What child is this? I have asked myself this question for 30 years now, thirsty for an answer since the day he was born. What did I know then of great and mighty things? I was just a girl fetching water that day the angel appeared with those curious words. Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. He must have seen the change in my face, that one I know now to be an angel. Do not be afraid, he whispered. You will be pregnant with God's son, and he will be great forever and ever. He will rescue his people. And that was the exact moment. It was more than curiosity. I thirsted for more. And I mustered the courage to say yes. And so it began year after year. I watched in silence as he was visited by shepherds and scholars, all with stories of stars and angels and grand pronouncements. One day, I found him in the temple. He was speaking wisdom with men old enough to be his grandfather. And I am awed, and I am thirsty. The very next day, he sits at Joseph's feet and learns with no complaint how to work the wood. And now, he's grown up, my boy. I watch him do and say curious and wondrous things. And the angel's words come back to me. He will be great, this child. I hear him say, I am living water. Do I drink? Do I dare drink? I can still remember swaddling him and holding him and singing to him. Yes, I have been the favored one to watch him grow into a man. What more will he do? Every step he takes is filled with wonder. My baby, my boy, this man, my God. 
Yes. I think back on that night 30 years ago now, and I remember holding him close, so thankful to be his mother, knowing, of course, this would be no ordinary child. Do I drink? Do I dare drink? I still am thirsty. But I do believe I know where to find the water. God, we, we thank you for the witness of the manger. For the witness of those who ask the question, what child is this? God, I think even today that question resonates inside of each and us. When we come through this season, when we try to understand how your good news changes us, how your good news gives us life and life abundantly. So, Lord, we ask at this time that you let the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart here be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Amen. You know, I, uh, uh, the 830 service, we have our, our praise team that leads that service. And, and this morning, they uh, sang the song, Mary, Did You Know? And I, I admitted at the beginning of the sermon that I didn't, don't really like that song. You know, that's one of those Christmas songs that, I, that I, would, I would care not to hear as much as I do. Not as bad as Last Christmas by Wham, but that's for a totally different reason. You know, I, I go and I think, you know, of course Mary knew. I mean, the angel came and talked to them, but as I looked at the scripture, and as I kept digging into this text from Luke, I wonder, and I sit there and go, you know, Mary knew part of the story, but hopefully today, as we move through this time together, we can see exactly what Mary didn't know, and how Mary grew in her relationship with her son and how we may then grow firmer in our relationship with Mary's son. One of the things that I absolutely love are, uh, are icons of, of Mary and, and Jesus. We have the one that was a part of the, the, the sermon series, but we have this one here. I actually have this in my office. Uh, when I was in seminary, I took a trip uh, with uh, the seminary singers to Taizé, France, which is a small community uh, outside of Paris that was a um, Protestant monastery, if you will. And in there, we, we would spend uh, our week together in a disciplined routine where we'd get up and we would go to morning prayer, and then we would have a breakfast, we'd have Bible study time with one of the, the monks, and then we would... Uh, have morning prayer, have an afternoon prayer, then meals, and then we do chores, and then we would have some free time where we were allowed to explore 
Uh, we were allowed to uh, be in the chapel, all of these different things, and then we would gather for uh, evening prayer and then supper and then start the next day over again. Well, one, one of the days we were walking around the uh, compound and looking uh, around, they had these little booths and these places were uh, set outside so you could do a prayer walk and you could stop and pray. And this icon of Mary and Jesus was in one of those little booths, and it took my breath away. And I think that's one of the reasons why I went ahead and went to the gift shop and took one and brought it home with me, so I could have that reminder of this relationship between Jesus and his mother, that, that special bond that they have. You know, we may come to the relationship of Jesus and Mary. We may have different ways that we look at this relationship. But I hope that as we take a look at the scripture today, that we can see how Mary was called the favor one and how God had used that relationship to help us grow in our faith. Invite you to turn to your Bibles if you have them with you to uh, Luke chapter 1, starting at verse 26. If you don't have your Bibles, we have the words printed up on the screen. Hear the word of the Lord. God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a city in Galilee, to a virgin who was engaged to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David's house. The virgin's name was Mary. When the angel came to her, he said, Rejoice, favored one, the Lord is with you. She was confused by these words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. The angel said, Don't be afraid, Mary. God is honoring you. Look, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great. And he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of David, his father, and he will rule over Jacob's house forever. And there will be no end to his kingdom. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Rejoice, favored one. kind of odd words to say to a, a teenager that's out doing some chores. Kind of odd words to say to a teenager who you are getting ready to drop a massive truth bomb on. You know, the, the, the idea to know that, that her life was going to be changed forever. I kept thinking about that word favor and and what exactly being favored meant. The the Greek for favored is kadrastazo. I tried to have the 830 service say it, so I'll go ahead and say it again to see if you can repeat it. Kadrastazo. Pretty good. Good job. Kadrastazo means to pursue with grace. It means to compass with favor, to honor with 
blessing. So, so God wasn't just saying that you were favored as a, a passing greeting. He was saying that, Mary, you have a special place in history. The world is going to be different now because of you. You are favored because I will be with you. If I was thinking about that, that that would make me want to start to contemplate and try to see exactly what all of this means. And if we take a look at the next chapter in the Gospel of Luke, we can see that Mary took a lot of time thinking about everything that was going on. First, it happened after the Christ child was born. And then all of these shepherds start gathering around the manger. And they tell Mary and Joseph about all that they saw about the angels and how they had to come and quickly see this amazing thing, that that the world was changed in the life of this one little baby. And the scripture says after that that Mary committed these things to memory, and she considered them carefully, not reacting, not not trying to, to answer what was going on in her life, but she took time to consider them. A little bit later in the second chapter, we hear of Mary and Joseph taking Jesus to the temple to complete the 40-day ritual after a birth, to to make Mary clean and to, to dedicate Jesus at the temple. And as they were walking to the temple, they ran across two individuals, uh, Simeon and Anna. Simeon was an old man who was waiting for the promise of the Messiah to come. And when he saw Jesus, he knew. He knew that, that, that this was the one who was promised to God's people. Simeon recalls, and he, after he takes Jesus in his arms and says, Now... Master, let your servant go in peace according to your word, because my eyes have seen your salvation. You prepared this salvation in the presence of all people. It is a light for revelation to the Gentiles and a glory for your people, Israel. So, so Simeon, he, he shares not only that, that Jesus is the one who was promised, but He was promised for not only the Jews, but he was promised for the Gentiles. And again, we have a a little tag after this story. It says that both Joseph and Mary were amazed at what was said about this child. We keep moving through the second chapter. The, The writer's not done yet. Jesus is no longer a little baby, but he's a a little boy, and he is uh, in the temple, but there's a problem. Mary and Joseph, they have started on their way back to Nazareth, and 
as they are journeying, they realize that, that Jesus is nowhere around. They, they check around all of the people who are on this journey, and they, they turn around and they head back to Jerusalem, and they're looking left and right, and they can't find the boy Jesus, but then they go to the temple, and Jesus is sitting there teaching, talking with those at the temple. And with astonishment, he says, wouldn't you expect me to be in my father's house? This is where I'm supposed to be. Mary and Joseph, they gather Jesus back up and they head back to Nazareth. And then in Luke 2, 51 and 52, we see these words. His mother, Mary, cherished every word in her heart. And Jesus matured in wisdom and years and in favor with God and with people. So Mary is having this moment where she is able to contemplate, to think exactly what does this message mean? What, what, what does the birth of this baby mean to my life. What does this baby mean to the people that I'm around? Maybe we see the first sign when Mary and Jesus and the disciples head to a place called Cana. And as they are celebrating this wedding, they realize that the wine is, is, is of short supply. And, and the people are running around wondering what's going to happen. And Mary said, just go talk to Jesus, and he'll tell you what he needs. Jesus looks at her and says, it's not my time yet. But Mary, as a mom often does, she just goes ahead and nudges it. No, it's time. You do what he needs you to do. And Jesus turns water into wine, his first miracle in Scripture. Or maybe it was a time where Jesus was sitting around and, and talking with some of the people in a certain community. And Mary and his brothers come to, to talk to Jesus or to take him away. And as he is teaching, somebody tells Jesus, Master, your, your mother and your brothers are here. And Jesus answers, Who are my mother and who are my brothers? He stretched out his hand towards his disciples, and he said, Look, here are my mother, my sisters, and my brothers. Those who do the will of my Father in heaven is my brother, my sister, and my mother. You know, growing up, there are times where you get embarrassed because your mom and dad are around, and, and you, you, you quickly turn around and you say, I, I don't want anything to do with them. I don't think Mary, I think Mary realized that this wasn't one of those times. I think Mary realized that this was, was Jesus expanding the family. Expanding the family by saying, look, I, I may have a biological mom and, and biological siblings, but you know, anyone and everyone who does God's 
will is also related to me. Anyone who does things in my name is my brother, is my sister. And then there's that last moment that we hear of Mary in Scripture in the Gospel of John. Jesus is on a cross, his arms outstretched, and Mary is at the base of the cross looking up at her son who is being crucified. And Jesus, in an act of love, shares this promise to his mom by looking at the disciple whom he loved and says, woman, here is your son. And son, here is your mother. See, this act of love, taking care of his mom and and transferring it to the disciple he loved, promised her that, that she would be taken care of, that that if she would be a part of John's family. I think Mary looked at her son, Jesus, as light. She saw how the light of Christ shined throughout all of their community. But as she saw him grow, and as she saw him serve, and as she saw him die, She understood exactly what that little baby that she held so long ago was there to do. I loved how the script talked about being thirsty and talking about that water that that we are able to receive because of Christ, that water that gives us life and life abundantly. And that's one of the reasons why I love that Advent is a season and not just one day out of the calendar. You know, it's easy to celebrate Christmas. We do that every year. You know, we we gather up presents, we wrap them up, we stick them under the tree, and then we gather the family, and then in one giant whirlwind, all the presents are open, everybody's sleeping, Everybody is just kind of maybe grumpy. See, that, that's Christmas. Well, maybe it was when I was growing up. But see, Advent gives us the opportunity to fully engage in this story. It gives us the opportunity to look and see how the Christ child makes a difference in our lives so that we, in turn, can then go out and make a difference in others' lives. So my hope and my prayer is that as we wrap up this Advent season, as we prepare to celebrate Christmas, as we prepare to celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior, that we allow the light to to rest inside of us so that we, too, may be favored ones, that God's love and grace rest in us so that we may be a blessing for others. Let us pray. Oh God, 
you have given us, given us your son. You have given us the story of those who, who lived with him, who worshipped him, who, who proclaimed your good news. Help us to make the story come alive again. Help us to openly share that story with others so they may see you in us so that all of our lives may be changed because you have already changed us. So, Lord, we lift these things up to you. In the name of the one who came, who was born to to live life like one of us, who came to save us, Jesus our Lord. Amen.